Welcome to The Earth Wants You. I'm Savitri D. with Reverend Billy in Brooklyn, New York. Does the Earth want us to survive, do you think? The Earth doesn't care about us in that particular way, I don't think. Mm, difficult to prove. Well, this is a philosophical discussion, which we may or may not be prepared to have on Right at the very Monday top of our uh, <laughs> radio show. <laughs> Philosophy's Does bad radio. Does the Earth care about humans? The Earth wants us to be kind. Today, uh, Brazil. Brazil, Brazil. Bolsonaro comes to power and threatens the balance of the entire earth. Ecosystems at risk, indigenous people at risk. Natural news today and extinctions got talent as usual, as well as the drums of revolution. We welcome you listeners back to 2019, a year of rebellion and resistance that will uh, make you wild and new and strange. We've got to be wild and new and strange. I think that that's a, that's a good mantra. Wild and new and strange. Savitri uh, D here. New, Did strange, we forget to wild, new, strange, introduce wild, ourselves? New, strange. I'm Reverend Billy. I'm Savitri D. The Earth Wants You is a production of the Church of Stop Shopping. I hope all of you had a wonderful holiday season. Uh, as my friend said yesterday, he just starts counting down. Long before Christmas Eve, he's counting down to that New Year's Eve moment when it's all over and we can get back to work. We just like to say that Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Festivus—they're just all three kings. Ridiculous. Uh, the Earth is the issue here, and the Earth is uh, giving us a little more heat and light every day after it the winter like solstice. It sounds like you said hate and light, but what you meant was heat and light. And you wouldn't know it today because it's and 22 <laughs> degrees outside our house. And that's the real feel temperature. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go to some Brazilian music, shall we? Yes, let's do that. Amen and hallelujah to the wonderful sounds of Simonde.
now we're back. It's time for news from the natural world. News from the natural world with Savitri D. A bluefin tuna sold for a record $3.1 million at the Tokyo fish market. A single fish? Decades of overfishing have sent stocks of this top ocean predator to less than 4% of historic levels. Uh, Check out the news items there. Go look at the celebrations over that high ticket price. And if it makes you cry, then you and I have a lot in common. Analysis of the Environmental Protection Agency's preliminary data released yearly shows the agency's enforcement of federal environmental laws has decreased dramatically under the Trump administration. There have been steep drops in civil and criminal enforcement and across environmental programs under major environmental laws like the Clean Air Act and Clean Water Act. And in nearly all regions of the U.S., civil enforcement actions in 2018 were the lowest they have been in at least 10 years. The EPA is imposing fewer fines on environmental lawbreakers. The EPA imposed civil penalties of $58 million in 2018, the lowest since at least 2006 by a wide margin. Costs for regulated entities to comply with environmental regulations, such as upgrading pollution control equipment, were the lowest they have been in at least 12 years. Compliance costs in 2018 were $3.8 billion. So that's the money companies spend to comply. They know they don't have to spend nearly as much money, so they aren't spending that money. They are down 81% from the previous year and well below the average of $10.9 billion for the last 10 years. I think citizens' arrests of the CEOs yes, of those companies is in is in order. It just shows that the companies are not doing that of their own, you know, goodwill. It's they are doing that because they get penalized if they don't. The fossil fuel industry's stated plans are to increase plastic production by forty percent over the next decade. Uh, ethane cracker plants will use our oversupply of cheap fracked natural gas to create plastic pellets, the basic building blocks of cheap plastic packaging and products. And most of that plastic will end up where? In our oceans. Plastic pollution is expected to outweigh all the fish in the sea by 2050. Citizens' arrests of the CEOs of these uh, companies. Nearly a third of new cars sold in Norway last year were all electric, 100% electric. A new global milestone and a major step for the country. The richest country, by the way. Uh, Rich from fossil fuel extraction. So Mm. the ironies abound. Bayer, formerly known as Monsanto, denies (laughs) allegations that... (laughs) The herbicide glyphosate causes cancer, saying decades of independent studies have shown the world's most widely used weed killer is safe for human use. The company faces more than 9,300 U.S. lawsuits. Okay, Bear. They're still claiming that that's... Climate change is causing glaciers in Alberta, British Columbia, and the Yukon to retreat faster than at any time in history, threatening to raise water levels and create desert. Scientists say David Hick, an ecology professor at Simon Fraser University, said the region is one of the hot spots for warming and the magnitude of change in the glaciers is dramatic. UN report on global warming carries life or death warning. Probably 80% of the mountain glaciers in Alberta and British Columbia will disappear in the next 50 years. Well, maybe they'll disappear into the ocean and they'll change that balance. And so 50% of 
Well, never mind. It's never going to work what? out like you think. <laughs> the number of monarch butterflies in California declined by 86% oh, in one year. The march toward extinction appears to be nearing an end for monarch butterflies in California, whose numbers have declined precipitously over the last two decades. So that that 86% decline of the last year was you know, every year it's another 86%. So pretty soon and now they're almost, there's no percent. More than a quarter of Cleveland, Ohio schools, kindergartners who are screened have a level of lead poisoning that requires immediate action. In some school buildings, almost half of kindergartners tested were lead poisoned, which can lead to behavior, learning, and health problems. Some of them permanent. Opinion polls in the U.S. show 70% of people agree the climate is changing. But a majority still say it won't affect them. What? The U.S. Embassy in Havana more than halved its staff in 2017 when diplomats complained of headaches, nausea, and other ailments after hearing penetrating noises in their homes and nearby hotels. The mysterious wave of illness fueled speculation that the staff had been targeted by an acoustic weapon. It was an explanation that appeared to gain weight when an audio recording of a persistent, high-pitched drone made by U.S. personnel in Cuba was released to the AP. But a fresh analysis of the audio recording has revealed what scientists in the U.K. and the U.S. now believe is the true source of the piercing din. It is the song of the Indies' short-tailed cricket. Whoa! <laughs> Known formally as Anurogrylus, Seller Nictus. Wow. The crickets are working for the KGB That's now. That's right. That's Unbelievable. right. And if you play the recording of the crickets backwards, do you know what you got? You have Putin <laughs> saying, I love you. China will take action against highly polluting diesel trucks by imposing tougher fuel and engine standards, raising rail freight volumes and strengthening its monitoring capabilities. New guidelines published by the Environment Ministry said China is in the fifth year of a war on pollution, but average emission levels in many smog-prone northern cities remain significantly higher than the levels recommended by the government. Take some action, China, against those highly polluting diesel trucks. Okay. In free speech news, 1,333 journalists have been killed since 1992 as a direct result of their journalism. 53 journalists were killed in 2018, and at least 10 journalists covering the environment were killed between 2010 and 2016, according to Reporters Without Borders. All but two of these journalists were in Asia. India and Cambodia were singled out as countries where journalists have been killed and threatened with impunity. And the last, what? Amen. Wait, I have, uh, I have another item. Just a couple more items that I think will be interesting to you, listeners. Uh, many, many containers, as many as a hundred containers or more, have fallen off a Panamanian ship, one of the world's biggest, in rough weather in the North Sea off of Norway. And what? Did the containers contain? Authorities are warning people to beware of the cargo washing ashore as some of them contain hazardous goods. There's a long tradition along these coastal towns of clearing debris as it comes onto the beach. And sometimes that's like treasure, booty, you might call it. In this case, people, 
Don't touch the booty. Just okay. And researchers now in southern Africa, the Boabab tree, have covered this before, are showing increasing signs of strain across their habitat. These strange prehistoric-looking trees, you can picture them, giant sort of bulbous-looking things, are found across southern Africa, and some are up to 3,000 years old. Researchers have found that 9 out of 13 of the oldest trees have died in the last decade. A report published last month lists climate change as the reason for their deaths. Oh, amen. Bless the Boabab's magical prehistoric trees. I'm sorry to deliver all the bad news, and I didn't even get to Bolsonaro, but we'll get to that in our interview <laughs> upcoming. This is a tough. Uh, this is a tough radio hour for us. Listen to me. There is no crisis like the Earth's crisis. I was in a good mood at the beginning here. It must have been... Uh, your mood doesn't matter. It's not about your mood or your feelings or how I feel or our feelings. Unless that's a motivating force, I don't care about your mood. Mood okay? backwards is... How you feel is not doom. the issue. How you feel is not the issue. The issue is the dying boabab. The issue is the vaquita and the white rhino. The issue is the monarch butterfly who are now wintering in Florida. Who knew? With your father. Bless him. Today we're joined uh, by Rafaela, an activist, Marcelo, a anthropologist and filmmaker, and Black Seven, an activist in New York City. Welcome back to The Earth Wants You. Uh, I'm Savitri D with my co-host, Reverend Billy. Earthalouia, And people. today we're talking about the changing situation in Brazil. And we have with us three activists uh, to talk about that situation. Black Seven here in New York City in the studio with us, Rafaela and Marcelo, who join us from Sao Paulo. And uh, we welcome you all three to The Earth Wants You. We know your country and so our world is in a time of crisis. But let's begin with this incredible letter uh, written from the indigenous communities to President Bolsonaro. Black Seven, we start with you. Okay. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and give voice to Brazil and for the Indians in Brazil. I really appreciate that. And this letter was a letter that uh, two Indians and uh, some tribes wrote to this new president. This letter was, was wrote by Marcos Apurinan. Uh -huh. no, he is Apurinan indigenous leadership of the Federation of Indigenous Organizations and Communities of Purus River. Uh -huh. And this letter was wrote by André Baninha, Baninha people, Baninha Ind indigenous leadership of the Alto Rio Negro, Alto Rio Negro indigenous land, president of the indigenous organization of the Sana Bacin. This comes from free journalists. Uh, I will now read the first paragraph of this letter and Savitri will read a later paragraph signing off and the letter is substantial and very dramatic and we will post this letter to revbilly.com at the top of our homepage and urge you to read it in its entirety here it is Mr. President 
We have already been decimated, dictated to, and victimized by integrationist policies of governments and the Brazilian national state. So we have come publicly to affirm that we do not accept any integrationist and patronizing policies and do not want to be decimated by means of new government actions and the Brazilian national state, and in particular this new newly elected fascist president whose name is Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro. This country called Brazil owes us an unpayable amount, mm -hmm. Mr. President, for everything that has already been done against and with our peoples. Indigenous lands play a very important role in maintaining the richness of biodiversity, air purification, environmental balance, and the very survival of the Brazilian population and the world's people. It is not true that the indigenous peoples own 15% of the land in the national territory. It is more like 13%, most of which, 90% of which, is in the legal Amazon. This percentage is what remained as a right over land that, before the year 1500, was previously 100% indigenous and that has been removed from us. It is not we who own a large part of the Brazilian territory, but the large landowners, ruralists, agribusinesses, etc., who own more than 60% of it. We are not in the zoos, Mr. President. We are in our lands, our houses, as owners, and like any human societies that are in their houses, cities, neighborhoods. We are people, human beings. We have blood like you. We are born, we grow, we procreate, and then we die in our sacred land, like any living human being on this earth. It has been scientifically and technically proven that our lands are a guarantee of environmental protection being preserved and managed by the indigenous peoples, promoting constant rain with which the plantations and agribusinesses of the regions of the South and Southeast are benefited, and we know this. Therefore, Mr. Jair Message Bolsonaro, considering the politics of your government's rhetoric on democracy, we indigenous leaders, legitimate representatives, are ready for dialogue, but we are also prepared to defend ourselves. Uh, this in, uh, incredible uh, clear letter. Uh, uh, thank you for um, sharing this with us and, and thank you to the people who wrote it and um, welcome again Black Seven, Rafaela and Marcelo to talk to us about the situation in Brazil and the Amazonian uh, lands today. Uh, so we know that a, a right-wing fascist uh, man was elected to president in your country. Maybe you could talk very briefly about the circumstances that led to his election and why you think this terrible turn of events has taken place in your country. Rafaela, maybe we start with you. First point is uh, the, the new Brazilian government has divided FUNAI. It has taken the most essential part of FUNAI the demarcation of the of indigenous lands out of its jurisdiction and responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, the demarcation of indi indigenous lands by FUNAI is the function of the agents that has a clear constitutional mandate. So FUNAI is a that's basically an agency that that uh, worked with the indigenous people, and Bolsonaro has just removed the lands from control of FUNAI and given it to agribusiness. Is that a correct? Yes, okay. yes, yes. 
uh, FUNAI, it's a equivalent. Um, um, what's, of the Bureau of Indian yeah, Affairs. Yeah, okay. Bureau of Indigenous Affairs. Okay. The appointed Minister of Agriculture, Teresa Cristina, is a total supporter of agribusiness right. and a champion of agrotoxic agriculture. Okay, so she here in the U.S. we have a, a similar kind of situation, but you should tell us because the scale in Brazil yes. is so dramatic. Uh, what agribusiness yeah. looks like there, 6,500 square miles, 65,000 square miles, absolutely huge plots and mm -hmm. tracts of land. Can you talk to us just about that so we have a picture in our minds? Yeah, uh, uh, Teresa Cristina is known, known as a muse of poison in Brazil, uh, and uh, she she will work for uh, liberate. A lot of things is already liberate, but uh, now they want to uh, put out um, the all the information in the food in Brazil that they on the labels. You if if you go to the sub supermarket to buy something. You you don't have right to uh, to see the uh, no. to know what you are you are eating consuming. Oh, that's um, a problem for us in the United States as well. Truth in labeling. Yeah. 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 And uh, in the the numbers, it's uh, the, uh, impossible. It's like uh, uh, five uh, five liters per person per per year. In the state of Mato Grosso. Yeah, in the states of uh, Mato Grosso, central of Brazil. Uh, it's my state. I was born there. Uh, Mato Grosso is half uh, mm. Amazon uh, uh, forest and savanna. Uh, and there, um, uh, the numbers like that is five liters per uh, person, uh, mm. per habitant, uh, per year. And uh, the, uh, the the national level is two liters per uh, habitant wow. per uh, per year. Um, and the north of Mato Grosso, uh, up north, um, they all uh, tell them that they destroy absolute all the forests in Mato Grosso. Yeah. In, Rafaela. in uh, yeah, in uh, north of Mato Grosso is ten liters per person, and there we have case of babies. Uh, Borning uh, with uh, uh, hydro uh, hydrocephaly. Yeah, the problems of hydrocephaly mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. the the problem is the uh, this first I have because uh, um, uh, I have someone in my family who's worked for uh, the secretary of uh, health uh, the of the state of Mato Grosso with uh, epidemiology and uh, she has all this. Uh, uh, numbers. All this. Uh, this is the Mato Grosso is the state. The state that uh, have more uh, cases of hydrocephaly in the world. So you're and telling me how bad it is already. I mean, what you're describing to me is a crisis, and this is before these lands have been handed over. So what do you think? What does it look like when you picture the next year? How fast can these changes go through that Bolsonaro has promised? How fast can he arm yeah, the rural farmers? How fast will it, how long will it take, do you think? Yeah. How much time do we have to protect uh, the people who live in those forests and the forest? Very fast, because um, uh, he wants to open uh, all the lands uh, for um, uh, exploitation um, and uh, 
uh, all this uh, because uh, if you don't, we don't have all the protection of uh, uh, Funai, even the Ibama, because uh, he has the plan to finish with the Ibama also. Mm. Uh, the the Ibama is the uh, the part of the government responsible uh, for protect the lands, the environmental the, uh, agents. Uh, environmental agents. Um, agency uh, and uh, if we don't have this uh, 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 borough uh, those the boroughs to protect uh, the forest even the indigenous forest or uh, environmental forests um, uh, the, um, uh, the these lands can this the farmers and the, uh, what's the name of madeireiros the um, Wood lumber lumbers uh, industry they can enter and they can invade all this uh, uh, land. Uh, in Mato Grosso do Sul, for example, uh, the farmers are already organizing uh, militias. What's the name? Militias. militias uh, to attack the in indigenous people. They are they start already. already. Kill. Yeah, they are already they attacking. Start the, the but uh, yeah, uh, they are already attacked. But uh, um, um, now they feel allowed. Now it's almost uh, uh, legal uh, to make this uh, invasion because uh, the the minister is like of the government. I wonder if and we could just ask ask you about how because. Um, I wonder about the, the, the people themselves. You know, we think of the Amazon as one of the last places where there are uncontacted yeah, people, where yes. there are, are existing cultures that uh, are not capitalistic, that do not exist within the, the empire model, um, although they live inside of an empire, obviously. Um, I wonder, uh, if, I know both of you have experience with those communities. If you could just talk to us about uh, what, what they're going through right now. I mean. I don't want to just paint them as these people who are just afraid and living in the forest and afraid that someone's going to come and cut down the forest. Obviously, they have complex culture mm -hmm. in place and, and, and systems in place, and uh, we know very little about them. And perhaps you could just talk to us a little bit about Let them. me just um, add to that question of a paragraph from the letter from the indigenous peoples. The argument of the demographic void in indigenous lands is an old and, f and, and, and a fallacious argument, a false statement. It serves only to justify administrative and legislative measures that are harmful to indigenous peoples. Our lands are never a demographic void. It was the indigenous peoples who helped to protect the Brazilian borders in the Amazon. Yeah, um, I can uh, pass that uh, to Marcelo because he worked long time for the um, uh, demarcation, and uh, he knows better. Um, he, he can talk about that. He wants yes. to. Yes, Marcelo, yeah. go ahead. I think uh, the uh, Bolsonaro government is completely ignorant about uh, the indigenous uh, history and the indigenous situation in Brazil. Uh, they actually, uh, the, his government only sees indigenous lands uh, as uh, areas that uh, are still not uh, explored uh, and uh, even suggest 
that uh, because such areas are not ex uh, explored yet, that Brazil is lagging behind uh, in its development. Uh, so as regards the notion of, uh, or the fact that you mentioned, that uh, the Amazon is preserved only really as a legacy of uh, indigenous peoples, because we know nowadays as well that the Amazon forest is not a virgin forest. It's an anthropic forest in uh, a great, uh, uh, in, in, in the most, in, in greatest uh, extent, it's a, a, an anthropic forest, meaning a forest that has been produced by human beings, whose biodiversity has been produced by the style of living of indigenous peoples, the kind of uh, sustainable adaptation that they have with their environment. Mm -hmm. So that has enriched their environment, has, has made it more biodiverse. So uh, the, the greatest uh, forest in the world is a legacy of the intelligence and wisdom of indigenous peoples. You also mentioned that uh, uh, kinds of uh, organization and the cultures of, in, uh, of the Amazon are very threatened nowadays because um, Brazilians are also very ignorant about uh, their political systems, their philosophy, uh, even there, you know, they, we are beginning to learn, actually, of the, their uh, way of adapting to the environment and ways of living harmoniously with, uh, you know, the biodiversity and preserving it. So uh, that's the, the, the greatest fact that the government is completely unaware of. If we have the Amazon today and is the most preserved and biodiverse area in the world, is a product of indigenous intelligence. It's not only a government, government don't, uh, but the Brazilian people, uh, most part of uh, Brazilian people uh, don't know about that, about this intelligence of uh, the indigenous people. We have a lot of friends, bi biologists, work with uh, reforestation in different countries, uh, and uh, they, they say all the time, it's not possible to make a reforestation without the native knowledge. In mm. China, for example, they replanted millions of hectares of forest, and 15% uh, of the forest uh, survived. Uh, uh, the most part of the, the forest died because they planted uh, the wrong trees and uh, they became more more desert. And uh, it, it's it's uh, it's a way uh, they can offer uh, all the um, uh, knowledge. Uh, it, I'm talking about all the indigenous people for all the world. And uh, but in Brazil, it's important to. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to put the Amazon uh, uh, alive. I think one of the strategies for this president is kill the Indians because they are the real one that have been resist all these years. We talk about since 1,500. It means, do you know, and I think that's the point, that's the focus now is kill the Indians. That we need to protect them.
I was alarmed to see the the explicit call to arm and uh, give guns basically to rural farmers in Brazil. I was shocked that it was so explicit that the threat to the to the indigenous people. Well, we are uh, people here in the United States who uh, slaughtered our uh, indigenous population. Uh, And I know that many of the people here who are Uh, call themselves uh, progressive people who call themselves people on the left or people who are environmentalists. Uh, We are walking around uh, full of a very harsh kind of deep guilt that we established our country uh, by the uh, killing of the people who were here and by the enslaving of Africans and bringing them in and so uh, we, uh, uh, now is the time for us to uh, rise up uh, out of just traditional liberal environmentalism, uh, environmentalism by marketing, environmentalism by making images uh, and uh, doing things on the internet. Now is the time for uh, the people here in this, in this North American region uh, to... Uh, become activists on behalf of the uh, the part of the world that gives us our breath, that gives us our gives us our rain, uh, that is uh, so much the the root and the stem of our physical reality. We 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 have made our mistakes, and now we can turn and uh, uh, kick out our fascist Donald Trump and move to. Um, kick out Bolsonaro as well, and uh, uh, this must be a revolution on a planetary scale. Uh, People across the world each have their own reason for being especially indebted to uh, the Amazon peoples and the Amazon, um, uh, the the rich ecosystem that, that gives us our life. So this is a call to a kind of earth revolution uh, we feel your voices from Sao Paulo. And we, we are so grateful to you, Rafaela and Marcelo, and to Black Seven here in our home up here in Brooklyn. We're so grateful that you talked with us today. Yeah, what can we do? I, I ask you now, what, first of all, uh, we know when Donald Trump was elected, there was this incredible uh, grief that, that swept through our country. Uh, but activism has grown since that time. Do you think in Brazil uh, there is a growing activist movement, there is a resistance growing, uh, and what can we do from here to help? I think uh, there is a sense that uh, a resistance movement uh, should reorganize itself in Brazil uh, now. I mean, as we have done in other times of Brazilian history, uh, you know, I'm old enough to have lived uh, uh, part of my life under the military regime, and uh, we actually were very uh, organized, and uh, uh, the indigenous movement, uh, for instance, was... Uh, managed even to uh, stop the Belo Monte Dam the first time it was uh, attempted, uh, you know. uh, So uh, there were moments that uh, the grassroots uh, indigenous and uh, 
um, movement and, and all the grassroots movements and the environmental movement in Brazil did organize themselves and created uh, barriers for the expansion uh, of, uh, you know, these uh, policies and politics. Um, and now I think there is a sense of reorganization and uh, not only, you know, uh, uh, at the NGO level, but also mainly at uh, the grassroots uh, that still are trying to organize themselves, like indigenous organizations and uh, activists and, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, indigenous peoples who are filmmakers, documentary filmmakers, uh, activists, uh, indigenous activists, uh, to really um, make all the issues known, because there are several areas in Brazil that are already beginning to experience increased uh, uh, conflicts since uh, uh, the presidential campaign mm. when Bolsonaro uh, first began to speak against indigenous peoples and against indigenous cause. Rafael, what can we do from New York? Like right now, today, a person who's listening, what can, how can we respond? Should we be in the streets here in New York? I, should we be sending help? What should we do? I think uh, Brazil always, uh, uh, Brazilian policy is very affected by anything that is published or any uh, you know, demonstration that uh, would happen outside of Brazil. Uh, because uh, usually in, within Brazil, those things are, you know, they, they, they either they confront them or they try to silence them or the media doesn't really broadcast or, you know, publicize uh, the issue enough. And uh, often uh, when uh, things become very well known outside of Brazil, Brazil sees, uh, you know, the government uh, sees it uh, necessary to react uh, to, uh, you know, the bad press that Brazil is getting outside. So we believe, uh, Rafael and I, that by actually uh, publishing and uh, uh, helping movements outside of Brazil, it is a way to force the Brazilian government to respond adequately uh, and legally, you know, uh, within the Brazilian legislation, which is a very good legislation. The problem is that it's not enforced and it's not respected. Mm -hmm. Rafaela yeah, and, and Marcelo, we have, to, we have to conclude, we have to come to the end of today's and Black uh -huh. 7 here in our home and talking to Rafaela mm -hmm. and Marcelo in Sao Paulo. Uh, we will do our part. We, we are involved with... Uh, Extinction Rebellion here in uh, New York and and we are sending this message this conversation out to people in uh, the Bay Area and New England Virginia New Mexico and Colorado Alaska uh, it's, uh, these are community stations but it's yeah. it's real radio and podcast uh, so uh, we want to talk again uh, please contact us anytime. We will post this letter from the indigenous leaders on our website, revbilly.com. 
And if you want to join actions that we're planning here in New York City, uh, Black 7, is there a way to reach us or should they reach us through uh, RevBilly.com and we can put them in touch with you directly? Okay. 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 Thank, thank you, you so thank much. Thank you so much for we this thank opportunity. Thank you all, and we're uh, yeah, we're with you. We talk. We give voice to the Indians. We give voice to Amazon. That's really important. Thank you so much and for the, the collaboration with you all together. Thank you. And uh, if you want to uh, talk about uh, uh, the lead, indigenous la um, leaders, because we very important uh, anybody can substitute this vo the, their voices yeah. and, and uh, if you want to talk we can put you in contact with them thank you talk so much their thank Earth you so much. and take care of yourselves Be thank safe. you okay thank you obrigada rafaela até logo até a gente se fala tchau Welcome to Activist News, Drums of Revolution. This week's Drums of the Revolution are the Rajasthan Drummers of India. And I wonder why? Do you want to know why? This week, in the southern Indian state of Kerala, in protest for gender equity, over a million women formed a human chain around 620 kilometers long. For the unmetric folk of the US and the UK, that's nearly 400 miles. It snaked across the country. And if you catch five minutes spare this week, I really recommend looking up photos of this amazing mass of people. It's really something to see. They were protesting in support of a Supreme Court order which ruled that women should be allowed into Sabarimala Temple, one of Hinduism's holiest temples. India's resident strongman Narendra Modi and his nationalist BJP party naturally opposed the ruling, but over a million very organized Indian women think otherwise. Santoya Brown has finally received clemency in the state of Tennessee after serving 15 years of her 51-year sentence. Santoya was bought for sex by a man 30 years her senior when she was just 16 years old. She was tried as an adult and convicted for murder after killing her captor in 2004. Since Brown's conviction, juvenile sentencing guidelines in Tennessee have been amended. Santoya Brown's story is one of many. In 2017, there were an estimated 10,000 individual victims of human sex trafficking in the United States. Santoya will continue her work helping at-risk young people within the juvenile justice system. In France, France has rolled out new legislation with the aim of blocking the yellow vest protests which have exploded around the country this winter. The new legislation will hope to punish the protesters who have rallied for the last eight weeks against tax inequality and high living costs in France. If I know the French, and I do know the French, that will be about as effective in stopping angry French people from protesting as it is to substitute a frisbee with a beret. Spoiler alert, it won't work. I would like to participate in a 600 mile female chain. Can I do that? Let's do that here. You can do it. We'll just have to get our neighbors involved right away. <laughs> Wait, we'll, do I have enough sisters to do that? We'll sisters, just go door join to door me. to door to door. We'll knock on the doors, and there are brilliant women who will join you. I know. Maybe I can join you. Maybe. Uh, Extinction's got talents coming up, people. And today, because uh, we are starting the year, we're just going to look back across 2018 uh, and just account for the extinctions that occurred in the last year. Uh, three bird species went extinct, two of which are songbirds from northeastern Brazil, the cryptic tree hunter and Alagoas foliage gleaner. 
The other extinct bird is Hawaii's puuli, which has not been seen in the wild since 2004. And the Spix's macaw was declared extinct in the wild. Other bird species that are near extinction include the New Caledonian lorikeet and the Pernambuco pygmy owl. Uh, we also watch with great concern the vaquita mm. in Baja mm. and the northern white rhino, uh, the last male northern white rhino died at a wildlife sanctuary in Kenya last March and only two females remain. The vaquita, there are less than 30 in the wild and entanglement in gillnets is driving the species toward extinction. And finally, in the USA, only 40 endangered red wolves remain in the wild and the population could be extinct within eight years in spite of a long and... uh, incredible effort to reintroduce them into the wild. Listeners, so, do we have a feeling of hearing goodbye. this? Do we have a feeling of loneliness? Goodbye to the cryptic tree hunter. Goodbye to the Alagoas foliage gleaner. Goodbye to the Hawaiian puli. And goodbye to the Spix's macaw. Only extinction can save us. We've tried in our Earth Wants You hour to uh, reposition ourselves relative to this apocalyptic thing called extinction, which, let's face it, in our in our modern Western world, we don't really have a way to address it. It's kind of a cold scientific fact that is out there that we keep away from ourselves. But we, um, we once in a while, notice that another large group of scientists, I've seen some of these reports, they'll have 75 scientists involved in one report. They're the scientists are the natural scientists are gathering together to try to give these these reports more impact. Of course, the IPCC report from the United Nations being the big one. They're trying to tell us that extinction is real. How we take this uh, apocalypse in as as uh, people who live in what we call the United States of America, uh, we take it sideways. We deflect it. Uh, we accept extinction as a part of a, a comic book, a video game, a blockbuster film. There's a terrible villain uh, who wants to end life as we know it. And then there's a couple cute people wearing capes and tights in the foreground, who uh, Hollywood actors who save us uh, by the end of the film with that, with that happy Halloween. Hollywood ending 
Amen. Praise be. We uh, cannot say right now uh, that there, there is a way that large numbers of us are receiving the news that extinction is real, a way that is realistic. We're not receiving it in a realistic way. So by bringing humor and music, by bringing in our Earth Wants You hour, trying to bring new approaches, that's the experiment here. Uh, there was a, a recent article in one of our favorite uh, international activist uh, magazines, The New Internationalist, out of England. There was an article uh, called The Personality Crisis by a Dr. Schumacher, a New Zealand psychologist. And he, he believes that the reason that there's just no reception of the reality of what is happening to us is because consumer capitalism has infantilized us. Now, you, you hear that word infant in the word infantilized. Well, yes, that's what advertising does all day long. Thousands of times in the course of a day, uh, in the average life of a modern citizen of this world, we are treated like children by the advertising, and we become, in this culture of shallowness, we become paralyzed, we become passive, we become beat up by messages that are so insulting, so simplistic, and basically threatening. Let's face it, advertising is a threatening thing. If you don't buy this product, uh, you won't be handsome, you won't be powerful, you won't have status, you won't live forever, you won't get laid. You won't, there, there's a threat to most advertising. Schumacher concludes in this article, it was in the December issue of the New Internationalist, he concludes that we are ready for and causing in this readiness. We are ready for this apocalypse. He calls us the people of the apocalypse. We here at the Church of Stop Shopping, we must disagree with you, Dr. Schumacher. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> not ready to go. <laughs> We're not ready to go. I haven't even brushed my hair. Gently into that good night. No, we believe uh, uh, that there will be and is now an uprising against this passivity. We don't know, for instance, what extinction is. We haven't seen it really. We haven't admitted its reality. But we are on our way to doing that. We are rising up in our messaging to each other. And it might not be obvious from pop culture. It might not be obvious from political culture. We've got lots of lies, lots of fake news suppressing us right now. But we are. We are noticing. We are seeing it. And we have in our communicating to each other, we have a message of love, a message of fierce courage, a message of creating new ways to resist this juggernaut uh, by the people that we would call the fascists, the Trumps, 
the Bolsonaros. We have a way of rising up. Earthalluya, because the earth is in us. The earth wants us to evolve. And if it is necessary right now in the sixth extinction for the earth to eliminate much of life on its way to its new chapter in life, we may or may not be included in the life that is selected by the earth to go onward. But our job right now is to represent life vigorously, to be life wanting life. That's our job in the language, in the tradition, in the faith of evolution. Amen. Do we, do we together say this prayer, make this manifesto, shout and go over, over the top into the bullets of the fascists? Yes, we do. We represent life. We will survive. We will go on. Earthalluya. Earthalluya. Earthalluya, Rev. You've been listening to the Earth Wants You with Savitri D and Reverend Billy, a project of the Church of Stop Shopping. We are based in New York City. You can reach us at revbilly.com. Our producer today, Killian Sunderman. We want to hear from you, listeners. Talk to us. Send us some messages. Come to revbilly.com. Come to revbilly.com.